following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining Him in His mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. We asked the question last week, what does your front door look like? What does our front door look like? And today, I want to ask you, what does your family room look like? What does your family room look like? You know, and for mine, right now, we've been so busy the last two weeks that our family room is starting to get a little cluttered, right? It's time to clean again, right? We get that feeling. And so I'm not really talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about if someone walks in and says, I need help, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the answer is sounds simple because you're like, well, we're a church. We're going to take good care of them. Yeah, we are. I agree with that. What if you don't like them? What if I don't like them? What if they're very annoying? Have you ever met any annoying people? And they're like, yeah, one's talking to me right now. Whatever that might be. What about if they don't have the same color as our skin, of our skin? What if they don't have, what, oh my goodness, what if they're from that other political party? Oh, that might even be worse. <laughs> what if they have different beliefs than us? I mean, what if they think we should baptize with full immersion? And I'm like, come on down, man. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's grow in Christ. I love what, my, I love what my, my dear friend Jeff Mitten said last week at The Grind. He goes, you know what I find interesting is he says, people over here say baptism should be this way. People over here say baptism should be that way. All I know is there's a whole lot of baptizing going on. Isn't that awesome? A whole lot of baptizing going on. And one way or another, these people are growing in God's word. And we're learning the story of Jesus. And we're starting to believe that he actually cares for each and every one of us. And that is our core value, number two, is that everyone who comes in here needs to be brought into an environment of healing. Have you ever been to a church where the environment wasn't one of healing? I bet if you've been to church more than a few times, you have that happen. And maybe even you came in these doors one day, and that day we were just off. We couldn't get it together. I don't know. And the thing is, is all Christians struggle with this because all Christians happen to be humans. And humans struggle with this because we're still broken. And we live in this tension. We saw it. We saw the tension all through that reading. That's why we had to read the whole thing. Because if you just read that one verse that everybody loves to put in the card, and all things work together for the good of those who love God. I mean, but what about the verse right before it where he's like, yeah, but we're really, really having a bad day while all that's working together for good. What about the part where he talks about us groaning? See, that's why I don't, you know, I mean, it's great to send a card. And that's fine, but I would be like, how do you fit Romans 8 in the card? Because you've got to read the whole chapter. You've got to see the bookends. There is no condemnation and there is no separation for those who are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And this is what we need to grow in. Take a look at verse eight, chapter 8, verse 2. And we're going to zoom in on just a few things. And I just want us to, to open these up and allow these to work on our hearts through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I hear a lot of Christians talk in categories. Have you ever heard a Christian talk, are you saved? You know, that's a category that they use. And technically you can find a few places where it, the scriptures refer it to that way. Even Jesus himself, somebody comes up to him and says, Master, what must I do to be saved? And he'll answer the question, although not the way they were expecting. He uses categories like these. Tell me what's going on in your heart, man. Tell me what's going on here. Because if you think that church is about being a good person, that is the law of sin and death. 
If you think that church is a place for people who are broken and for people who need help and for people who, quite frankly, don't have much to offer, now we're getting somewhere because that is the law of the spirit of life. The next verse, we won't put it on the screen, but the next verse says that the law, that is the thou shalt and the thou shalt nots, it's powerless. If it's, it's, I always tell the story. I was at seminary. There was this day, they said, we're going to have a big meeting on student debt, the problem of student debt. And so you guys, some of you guys know the story. I run, we run to the chapel that day because we want to hear the answer to the problem of student debt. And what were we expecting when we were going there? We were expecting someone is like giving the money to help pay the student debt. And we got there and you knew what the message was? You shouldn't have student debt. So glad you're here to tell us these things, like Han Solo would say. You know, it's just one of these things like, no, the law is powerless. Telling us what the problem is doesn't solve the problem. We need someone to solve the problem. We need the debts to be paid. <laughs> Turns out that's kind of what Jesus is in the business of. The law of the spirit of life. I want that to become a category in your life. I want you to operate with the law of the spirit of life because the law of the spirit of life looks at people and says those are people that Jesus died for. I don't care where they're from. I don't care how they sound. I don't care how they smell. I don't care what they do. Those are people that Jesus died for, gave his blood, shed his blood, I mean to say, for them. And so as a result, that sets people free. Take a look at verses 14 and 15. Because immediately, when we start talking about, in my case, because I have very sensitive olfactory nerves, that, you know, like, ooh, are they going to smell bad? I didn't know that was part of the mission. And so, what, so how do we proceed? And look what he says. He says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Do you ever think of yourself this way? Do you ever sit there and go, yeah, I'm son of God. Do you ever think of yourself this way? This is another category I don't hear Christians use very much. But it's the way the Bible talks about you and about me. You are a son of God. Now, I know we said, what about the ladies? You know, with the daughters, sons and daughters? Yes, of course. But the reason why he keeps the word son is so that he will know the ladies don't have any lower status in the kingdom of God, not in terms of value. We all have different callings. Everyone has different callings, no matter what our gender is. The point is we all are one in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 3. And then we're going to keep saying it because it's the truth. You are sons of God. This is what Scripture says about you and about me. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. Do you know, you would see, I got to tell you an ironic story. So the ironic story is last night, I'm like, I'm sitting there going, I don't think we should read the whole chapter eight. That's so long. People will just get worn out and they'll be like, here he goes again and all these things. What spirit was that? And maybe it's all true. I don't know. You might be like, oh yeah, Mark, you were right. I don't care because we have the spirit of sonship. And I, so I'm banking on the belief that even if, you, even if your eyes rolled back in your head and you couldn't withstand that much time, that what happens is that somehow the Holy Spirit uses it and does something anyway. Kind of like in an Isaiah 55 style. So those of you who know that, that's where God says, my word will go out and it will accomplish the purpose for which I have sent it. And that's what we put our trust in. That's because we're, we're sons of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. This is a category I want you to live in. You know, so when you're like, but Mark, I don't, you don't understand. That's all great religious stuff that you're talking about, but I can't pay my rent. It's not religious stuff. It's how do you pay your rent stuff. 
It's what do you do in the face of challenge stuff. It's what about that person that stabbed you in your back stuff. Because what you'll find, and I bet you'll find this to be true, that most of your decisions are influenced by fear. I know mine are. And when we are influenced by fear, what I want you to see is that that is the powers and the principalities and the dark forces of this world that are seeking to steal, kill, and destroy your family, your friends, and everything else that goes along with that. And they want the spirit of fear makes you think, oh my goodness, but what if this happens? Or what if that happens? What if this other thing happens? We're building a building for our church right now, and it's like you got to understand that, that you want to talk about the spirit of fear. I mean, holy mackerel. At any point, the whole thing could just go sideways. And then what do you do? Answer, trust in God, because we're sons of God. That's as simple as that. And we complicate it, and I know we complicate it. I'm a tech guy. I love to complicate things, but don't. Just listen to God and call him dad, because he's your dad. And I know some of us didn't have good dads, and I understand all that. But this one is good. Take a look at verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. You need to know that when the dog barks, and oh boy, does mine bark. When the dog barks, that's part of this. When the mosquito bites, that's part of this. When the weasel eats your chicken, what happened to us, it's part of this. When you're driving home from work and the light is always red, you see what I'm talking about? I was telling Anna and Stephen, you know, when, when Aaron was three years old, we were driving by the James River near Nixa, and he said, Dad, why are those trees dead? You know, you know to a three-year-old, you can just say, well, because they're dead. Now let's move on. No, that wasn't what he was asking. He was asking, why is the world broken? He may not have had the words yet or even the comprehension of that, but his question was on point. And this is what you and I face. Why is the world broken? Take a look at verse 23. Not only is the world broken, but we ourselves who even have the Spirit, the first fruits of the Spirit, we know how the story ends. Spoiler alert, Jesus comes back and we all live together with him forever. Even though we know how all of that's going to end, we groan inwardly. It's for this reason I believe Scripture. Because Scripture never tells a lie. It never pulls a punch. It never hides behind little details. Instead, it just shoves them all right in front of me and says, Here, this is how it's going to be. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly. Do we wait eagerly? I don't know if I wait eagerly. I'm like, please come, Jesus, now. Um, but what do we wait for? The actual full adoption to happen. Because you're, if you're like me, you're like, okay, Mark, I hear you talking about the whole sons of God thing, but when my boss chews me out, I'm not really feeling like a son of God. <laughs> when my best friend stabs me in the back, when my kids don't do what I tell them, my kids, my kids do, don't worry. Um, you see what we're saying, though. When these kinds of things happen, we, we recognize this ain't done yet. This is not fulfilled yet. And the Bible is, is, is guiding us by God's word through his spirit to help us understand that tension and to live in it and to wait for our true adoption when it all comes to pass and our bodies are redeemed. I saw Phil back there. Phil's not, not doing good. Marty's not doing good. I know Phil had to run out. That's, he, he, could, he could identify. He could tell you all about this. He needs his body to be redeemed. See, and this is what's going on. This is what's going on. Whether you're, whether you're at the end of your journey and the body is just failing or you're just getting started like Gabriel 
And you're like, oh my goodness, how's this going to go? This is where we're at. And that's why we create an environment of healing here at Praise and Worship and anywhere else where the name of Jesus is proclaimed. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes with groans that words cannot express. I want to translate all of that for you in one simple picture. What should a church service look like? What should a church community look like? What should your family room in your own house look like? Well, certainly there's different answers to that based on the occasion and the time. But it should look a whole lot more like an ER room than a club where righteous people gather. And I hope you see the distinction there. The church should be the hospital for the broken, never the place for the righteous. How are we made righteous? Is it by our own works? How are we made righteous? It was by a guy dying on a cross for you and for me. There was blood there. There was blood there. And so what it should look like is a place of healing. Just like if you go into the ER, now I know everybody's like, Mark, have you been to the ER lately? That can be a rough joint, right? I get that. But it should, our, our gatherings should be more of a place where there's broken people gathered for healing than any kind of other thing. And this is why, you, this is why we see this, because the, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Where do we receive the Spirit most fully? Through God's Word when we gather together. Look at verse 28. There it is. There's the Hallmark greeting card. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Don't tell your friend who just lost a loved one, don't give him this verse. That's just, I mean, what? <laughs> hey, I know you just experienced the worst thing in the world, but it's really good. No, it's not. Death is the enemy. Death is the last enemy to be defeated. This passage is for us who are seeking to take God's word out. And when we fail and we struggle and when, we, and when we're not sure if it'll work and, we're, and when we're struggling with that whole spirit of fear, that what we're receiving is actually knowing that when things don't go the way we would have done it, God's still working. When things don't unfold the way we would have pictured it, God's still working. We're boldly praying as a church that our building will be done by December 15th so we can have our first worship service there on our sixth anniversary as a congregation. That will be really fun. And I'm praying boldly for that, and I'm not going to stop praying for that, and I'm inviting all of you to join me in that. But I do allow for the possibility that God may say no. I don't think he will. I think it was his idea in the first place. But the idea here is whenever we ask for something and he does say no, he has a reason and we can trust him. The question isn't whether or not God will do this, that, or the other. The question is, God good? Answer, look at the cross. When you're sitting there wondering, some people will say to me, I can't believe in a God who would allow a gunman to shoot people in Odessa, Texas. I feel like I'm saying that every week, just putting a different word there for the town. I cannot believe in a God that would allow, I cannot believe in a God that would and I understand those questions. I share those feelings. I feel that too. Sometimes I'm like the, the psalmist. Psalm 40, how long, O oh Lord, are you going to let this happen? That's what we're, see, the Bible doesn't pull any punches. It tells you that's exactly how we feel. But he has a plan. I don't understand that plan, and I'm not saying it's good that a shooter runs around. Obviously not. And I, should we take action to stop those kinds of things? Obviously 
But in the meantime, I know that God is good because I look at Jesus on the cross and I see God fully sharing his love with us through him. Verse 38, because we just need to hear this every day of our lives. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, and we continue to verse 39, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to pray, and when we do that, we're going to pray that you would always see yourself in the category of a co-heir with Christ, that you are free from the law of sin and death and set forth to participate with people like Gabriel and to walk with him all through this life, the ups, the downs, and everything in between, and to be able to keep pointing him and others to Jesus where we have hope, where we have hope. Because in this broken world, that's what God has seen fit to give to you and to me. Please pray with me. Father, I ask you boldly right now that you would indeed give us hope, that you would let all these words, even if they are great in volume, let them settle in on our hearts that we would believe them, believe the promises, and believe them, and by believing them, have hope, and that by having hope, this would always be an environment of healing, healing from physical ailments, spiritual ailments, and all the things that overlap between the two. And that we would see that by having hope, our bodies will indeed be healed. Some of it will be immediate, some of it will be eventual, and some of it will be ultimate. All of it will be ultimate. But it's your promise. It's your promise that you've said, set out for us from before the creation of the earth until this very moment. I pray that each person in this room and anyone who hears these words would take these words and carry them into their week both for the fun times for this weekend and for all the days to come after that. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.